welcome to the Lovely Radical podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and Lovely Radical is a mission that for me began many years ago, wanting to retain the ability to be lovely whilst also being a radical agent for change and transformation in my own reality and that of those who are ready for more. I'm a life and business coach helping people all around the world become the leaders of their own lives, a master practitioner of hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, and something incredible called emotional change technique. I've taught around the world and for the last five years coached people across five continents and helped them remove their barriers to finding their soulmates, healing their bodies, and making 10K months or more in their businesses. Because the key I've found lies in our unconscious mind, here we will discuss many things around mindset, communication, business strategy, real self-love, manifestation, language, and so much more. Many of these topics have been requested by you, and we will discuss with some dear friends of mine who may pop in from time to time. This is a no-filter zone, and some of the content may trigger you, and that's great. Did you know that our triggers are actually the pathway to our desires? And we are usually triggered by things that are unfamiliar and that we haven't yet made sense of. And if knowledge is power, imagine if you have the wrong knowledge and that's why you feel stuck. If you're looking for ways to take this knowledge to a higher level, you can connect with me anytime and ask about LRA, my coaching academy. So step into the arena, lean into the knowledge to integrate the light and the dark, spirituality and business, and let's have some fun while we create a better life than we could have possibly imagined together. Hey everyone, this is a celebration Q&A for the podcast. We have hit 200 beautiful subscribers on YouTube. And I know there's so many of you sharing the love on all the other platforms. I appreciate it so, so much. It's such a joy right now. And it's becoming a real pet obsession for me to be having these conversations with all these incredible minds, whilst also being able to speak into your questions and expand more on my journey. And hopefully that can help and inspire others as well. So there was a number of questions that came through over the last few weeks that was super fun to read from you guys. So I picked out a few that I feel will be beneficial for many people and I'm going to read through them and we'll go from there and see what happens. It could get fun. It could get weird. It could get spicy. Let's go. So the first question is from Rouge, who's actually one of my personal clients. And she asks, how can we strike a balance between being ambitious, disciplined in our efforts and manifesting the life we want, aka not settling for less, while also accepting that things don't always turn out the way we want them to? So this is my experience is we're always going to want more. And you may not know that about your unconscious mind, guys, like you are always going to want more. And there are some people who are like, well, screw it then. I'm not even going to bother doing anything. If I'm just always going to want more, if it's never enough, if I'm going to get to the mountaintop and then see another mountaintop, like some people will be like, well, why would I even take step one? And for me, 
like I have this life and I have this opportunity. And so while I am ambitious and disciplined and I know that I can create anything I can think of and the the thoughts and ideas are endless and the proof that I'm stacking of what's possible is wild and it's motivating and inspiring. There are also other things that I'm aware of that might mean that things might go in a different direction. Like at some stage I want to, you know, be a wife and and have babies and and go into that zone and not be so focused on ambition and creating stuff to help the world and make this place a better place hopefully and that's how i go into things knowing that everything can change and i'm wondering for one if you were to choose the pursuits that inspire you and fill you up and make you excited knowing that it's going to take you down a path that's amazing, that's going to have challenge because life has challenge regardless of what you do. And you may as well go after what you want. And maybe even as Grant Cardone has said many times, maybe you get halfway there and that's still a pretty great life that you've created, right? And you've met so many people and had so many experiences along that way. But the question is really, when did we decide that things turning out different to the way that we wanted was a bad thing. Like what are we actually comparing what happens on our journey to? And comparison can be quite a trap to get into whether you're on a business journey or a health journey or a relationship journey to be comparing your outcomes to perhaps someone else's or your timeline to perhaps someone else's when really even though you might be going for a similar outcome to someone else you've witnessed or experienced or read their book or watched their podcast, it's actually going to be different for you. Like the steps there and the pathway there and the self-development that might be required of you might be different. I mean, we'll probably get into it a bit more today, but like there's a lot of stuff that's the same on that journey. And yet when did we decide that things not working out the way we initially planned was this horrible thing? And could we choose to change that belief, that decision? Could we choose to still make plans and still execute the plans and recognize that sometimes the plan goes out the window and you just throw away the plan and do the next thing and pivot and evolve and learn and grow and have fun as much as you can along the way. And I know we already have fun in LRA together and we'll have much fun over the year. And that was the decision that I made because before I started my journey of the last five to 10 years, things were hard. And this is not different in the sense of there's still hard days. There's still challenges as I move through different levels of experience and going after ambition and so on. And it's a lot more fun when you're moving towards the things that you want. So could we choose to reframe that things not turning out the way that we initially planned or maybe wanted them to is a bad thing and actually go, well, what if it's a great thing? What if it's actually part of it? And this is why I love to speak so much about getting super clear on what you actually want. And knowing that it can change, but you know, if you want to one day be a mama and have kids, like knowing that, and also knowing that you could go after something else, or if you're wanting to be, 
you know, this big top boss at a company and then have children, but you want your partner to stay home with them, or you want your partner to be the one who works or like whatever it is, like, can you start to actually get clearer on what it is that you want for your life, knowing that you can pretty much create anything that drops into your mind and then go, cool, what is great to focus on right now? What could I make a plan on right now and play with it? Like, cause sometimes you'll make a plan and you'll execute the plan and it won't work, but then you'll open up a new doorway and, or maybe you meet someone new, or maybe you get pregnant or something happens. And then that doorway seems to open up. Doesn't mean you have to give up on the other way that you wanted to go, but maybe it's just timing and you get to play with that and you get to know that this is your journey and you get to choose what you do with it. And it doesn't have to be compared to anyone else's. So that's what came through for that. Rachel asks, what, what's one thing you have done that has been your biggest teacher? <laughs> one thing, one thing. <laughs> okay. One thing I've done, one thing I've done that's been a biggest teacher or the biggest teacher is making sense of the concept of perception is a projection. And I'm not going to even go all the way into it because it's like high level self-development. It's radical personal responsibility and most people don't want to do it. And it's the key to actually complete healing, full happiness, creating everything you want and actually enjoying challenges rather than being thrown by them. And in a nutshell, it's that anything you perceive is actually also part of you, anything. And that fully embracing my dark parts that for a long time I refused were even possibly part of me, my shadow, my my negative limiting beliefs, maybe even some behaviors that weren't serving me or anyone else, and learning how to integrate them and transform the negative things into much better beliefs and behaviors and traits and how I show up in the world. That's been my biggest teacher. And it's a constant teacher and it's really fun, especially once you've done the deeper layers and that's kind of out of the way. And then you just get to kind of play with it. And it's, it's fun. Anyone who (laughs) has done either the same trainings that I've done or has worked with me knows how much I love projections. Joel, this is an old question and I wanted to revisit it because it's great. And it's something that I constantly come up against. So um, Joel has been a breakthrough client of mine in the past. So he refers to something inside my programs here. So there's a great piece on imposter syndrome in LRA, which is the Academy that you well describe on how the imposter, the imposter stands at the back and the way to work through it is to stand up and just do things. Uh, then illustrated, illustrated by a set of steps with those below your knowledge level able to benefit from what you know and then pay you for it. So I love this. So the set of steps, I'm going to have to give some context for this. Um, Let's get out. Anyone who's been in my containers knows about my drawings and they're great. So the set of steps looks like this. And here's maybe like people that you think are super like famous or smart or knowledgeable or whatever, they're up here. And maybe you're here and you're learning from them. You're doing some studies, you're doing some self-development, you're going to groups, you're tuning into podcasts and you're here. 
and you're doing your morning routine and you're no longer drinking alcohol or whatever it is, like you're doing better, you're being better, you're making a decision. And we can get imposter syndrome by when someone asks us for help or someone comes to us and go, wow, like you're being super healthy, you look great, what are you doing? And they're maybe down here and you're like, well, I can't possibly know what to tell you. I can't advise you. I can't help you because I'm not like these guys. And yet this person down here might be drinking Coca-Cola for breakfast and eating fast food all day long and literally not realizing that they could die at any minute because of these behaviors and something as simple as a morning routine and maybe a suggestion of drinking water instead could actually save their life. Like if you can recognize that you could help that person and if you do it a few times and more people start coming to you, you could then run a group program on how to create a morning routine and charge people 20 bucks or 50 bucks or 2000 bucks, whatever it is, wherever you are at in your journey, you can help people. And also when people invest money into getting help, they're more likely to implement the help. And this is where a lot of coaches, business owners, professionals of any kind, or people starting their own businesses, can feel like an imposter and feel like they're not good enough or not worthy enough or not qualified enough or all the things not enough uh, to be the person or do the thing. And I wish I could tell you that that goes away. And I used to say the words another level, another devil, and I'm removing that from my language these days because it's not even the devil. It's just another level, the same challenge in a way like your favorite flavor of suffering when you get to new levels it's kind of they show up again and whether it's imposter syndrome whether it's doubting your worth whether it's you know worrying for me it's sometimes worrying that I'll always be alone whatever it is for you like that's just going to show up along the way there's going to be the similar kind of doubts that creep in no matter how much work you've done it's just like your little inner child being like hey let's stay safe why Why are you going towards all that happiness? Why are you going towards success and like stability and security and all these things that we've never had before? Like, why are you doing that? That's not safe. That's scary. And it's just someone you can go, hey, I love you. I've got this. I'm doing it anyway because I actually might be able to help more people whilst also helping myself, which helps everyone. So Joel asked, could I speak more into how to transform negative feedback into growth from an online audience as I continue to level up? So relating this back to imposter syndrome, when you do start to step out as whatever it is you're stepping out as and feeling like an imposter, and then maybe you're concerned about judgment from friends, family, community, random faceless people on the internet. I've had plenty. At the end of the day, I think, first of all, there's a choice. And if you're going to do it, like fully do it, commit, knowing that maybe 50% of the people aren't going to be stoked. It's very rare that anyone will actually come up to you in person and hate on you. Very rare. They might do it behind your back. And that's just amusing when that comes around to you uh, because perception is a projection. (laughs) And at the same time is it's all feedback. Anytime I get any haters online, I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, is that something that I feel like I need to work on? Yes, maybe no. And I get to do that. And sometimes the negative feedback has been the most productive for me 
I don't need to engage with it, but it's been great for me to clean up my own triggers, my own reactivity, my own feelings of not being good enough or being an imposter and being like, wait, why am I being triggered by something someone's saying about my qualifications or my knowledge or my experience or my history online? If that hits me a little bit in the chest, then I get an opportunity to go, okay, well, this is actually activating me. So there's a part of me that kind of believes it. I can use this. And it was David Goggins on an interview recently who said that he actually got an assistant to create a file of all the hate comments from his social medias. And then he recorded an audio recording of him saying all of these hateful things that other people had said to him on this audio recording. And then he listened to it over and over and over again so that he could actually just like get over it. And I was just like, that's amazing. Cause I've feel like I've done that without the audio for many, many years. And it's allowed me to get to a point where I feel like I've really healed like any trauma and every trauma that I've had, because I actually know that I get to choose whether anything traumatizes me anymore. I get to choose how I react. And when I do have an activation from seeing something negative directed at me or around me or anything, if it does activate me, I'm like, oh, there's something there for me. There's something that I maybe don't feel confident enough in. So how can I become more confident in that? Maybe I don't know enough about this thing. How can I know more about this thing? And I go to work. I don't engage in the negativity. I just go, oh, that's hit me. For what purposes that hit me right now? How can I use that? And how can I go and do the thing? And so, yeah, I don't know if that helps, but you just keep moving forward and you use any negativity as feedback. And it's actually thanks to all the negativity and any haters and bad gossip and all the things over the years that have actually really been the major contributor to my success, whilst also the people who have supported me. And I love you all so, so, so much. It is awesome. Sam, this is a fun one. Any advice relating to dating in this day and age, constantly having failed mini relationships, for lack of a better phrase, attracting partners with unresolved past traumas? This is is like the niche that I never wanted to get into, and yet it will be the niche that my business gets into because it's what my books have been about. It's what the book that I'm currently working on is going to be about a lot more with um, more, more data, but also more very juicy, spicy stories. So stay tuned for that. And right now, and actually it's been a long time since I actively dated. So perhaps I can't speak into advice relating to dating in this day and age, because I really recognized what was happening in the dating world in this day and age many years ago. And I didn't tap out, but I kind of was like, I'm not actually going to give energy to this pointless pursuit because anytime I would actively attempt to date, nothing would happen. (laughs) Like I'd get 3am text messages or I'd get kind of inappropriate messages on dating apps and no follow through ever. No, not one man to this day has actually approached me, pursued me and followed through on taking me out on a date. I've had to initiate everything. And so for me, it got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I, the love affairs that I have attracted have been, you know, 
love bomb, hard, fast, like definitely trauma bonding on both sides um, and great learning opportunities for me over the years to experience beautiful depths of love, but to also feel depths of betrayal and heartbreak that I played a part in, um, you know, allowing to, to come to that point without knowing myself well enough or how to communicate or how to say what I wanted and knowing that's actually okay to say what I want in a relationship um, whilst also allowing a man to lead and all the things. So I don't really have advice on dating in this day and age. Um, my choice is to do me. My choice is to take everything that happened in the past and ask myself, how can I learn more about myself? How can I know more about myself and relationships? How can I learn from people who have incredible relationships, beautiful relationships, like successful relationships? Because I'm building a business, you know, and one day I'll be a mom and a partner, but I still love what I get to do. And so there'll always be an aspect of that whilst being able to lead in the feminine without that kind of push, push, push all the time. Like, how can I use this time, whatever that time frame is, to learn more about myself, heal, become the version of me that I would want from another? And this is a big thing. And I, I go in depth into this inside my programs, many, many layers to this, guys. But like... There's so much noise in the world about like men are the problem, women are the problem, all women are like this, all men are like this. And it's like, no one's actually going, wait, who am I? And are the things that I'm demanding from someone else, something I'm actually being for myself when all else falls away? Is it things that I'm doing for myself when all else falls away? Am I doing any of it for myself before I demand it or expect it of another? Because most of the time that's not happening. And what if you spent six months, a year, I've done longer for periods of time. Like I'm currently bridging on 18 months of just like full commitment. And I've done that before. And those have been the most expansive times of my life, the most beautiful love filled just in different ways, times. And whatever it is that we say we want, like become the full embodiment of that. Like how can you full, like if you want to be a mother, like are you preparing your body for that? Are you preparing your mind for that? Are you preparing your life for that? Because it's not up to a guy to come in and do it all for you. Like, yes, we want a man to be supportive for us through that. And if you don't want to have to work, then how can you maybe at least work on creating some residual income right now? How can you work on like your health so that your fertility is in a great state because any fertility issues for the most part can be resolved with looking at habits and behaviors and belief systems. And that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Like how can you prepare to have space for someone to come in? Like for me this year, a big thing was actually creating space. And this is very much the feminine dropping into femininity and, and leadership for me is rather than the push and the survival that I'd been in for years, I now get to go, cool, like I will still do a fair few hours because I'm now building the podcast, but I work less hours with clients. I have a lot more time scheduled for health and self-care because I'm really wanting to get my body in a beautiful state over the next couple of years. And to have like weekends where I don't actually do work like unless it's fun or creative and I just don't have anything else to do. 
Like I actually will go and be social or I'll map out fun things that I'm doing this year, like in actually creating space for the things that I want to come in or to be able to give to someone else or something else. Like, so have you really thought about this guys? If you are struggling in the dating world and just kind of going through different partners and wondering why they're all kind of the same person in different bodies, like maybe it's you. It sucks. I know, <laughs> but it's, it's the thing that'll save you if you really want it to. And what's, what's the harm in doing six months of not using other people for your, let's just test to see if you're the good feeling thing that lasts. Cause that's not actually how it works when you actually learn about great relationships um, and just actually spend the time with you. Maybe it's the first time in your whole life that you've really, really been intimate and spent quality time with you and decided and designed who you are. Oh my God, that subject I can go on forever. And if you want to learn more about that, you can come in for a chat. Uh, Renee, what is the best thing to do to integrate back into society when you have gone off on your own table for a while and done lots of self-work? Is it simply just deciding to get out there? So this is probably, you'd have to know my how I talk about changing tables and my beautiful mentor Liz talks about this and I've heard it in a number of different circles where, you know, you're on your table where you have your big awakening or your rock bottom or whatever it is and you realize you're in this life that maybe isn't what you want. You move to your own table for a while and then you do some work on yourself, you learn some new things and then you maybe come across to like the new people in your life who have gravitated and you're like, whoa, these guys are intense. Like, I don't know if I can be this cool or this interesting or this good or whatever. So you go back to your table by yourself. Maybe you go back to the shitty table for a bit and you're just like, wow, I really can't just be blaming and complaining about life anymore. And then you end up on your own again. And a lot of people stay on their own for a really long time. There's a real problem in society with men and women not even bothering to date or go out in public because they can actually just get enough of what they need from porn, video games, social media, Uber Eats, Tinder, whatever. And just they just stay on the table at home and they never go back out in the world. And they say that it's, they're fine, but it's the world that's a problem. And this is, again, like you can do that. And there might be, and I heard Tom Billio say this on a podcast recently, like when you get to 80 and you haven't had children and you've got no people around you who actually care about you to come and hang out with you or make sure you're being taken care of well by your carers in your late age, because there's a real problem with that in the world, like you're going to regret it. So maybe this is your moment to be like, wait, maybe there are better people in the world than that old circle. And maybe I just need to look more at how I could be a more interesting, more fun, more excitable person. Maybe you join a gym. Maybe you go to a networking event, go to a meditation, go to a yoga class, like do anything. And in that process of going from your own back out into the world, like you can just do it and you might bounce back and forth because it might just be like, oh, I don't like it. Or what I really love to do myself and to teach is learning how to communicate the new version of you. So you kind of, you've designed and decided who you really want to be. That's not the old table 
then you learn how to communicate that with people say, Hey, this is actually what I want from this relationship or this friendship. This is how I want to spend my weekends. This is the activities I like to do. And then the third piece is actually, can you stick with what you say you wanted? Can you stick with who you say you are? Or do you kind of get flaky on it just to like start pleasing others and fit in or whatever? Like that's the, the piece three is what people can get a bit flaky on. And that's what I like to kind of teach people to do is, is to stick with it so that it acts as a great filter of like people who are going to be well aligned with who you're deciding you want to be in the world and what you'd like to receive in return. Um, it can be a great way to, to learn about yourself and then also be able to practice that going out into the world and play with it. And it's fun. So it all comes down to that communication piece. Brian, in your opinion, why are people the way they are? Should I give a trigger warning? People are the way they are, in my opinion, because of who we are. So when we change who we are, the people outside of us will change. So if we don't like the way people are in our experience, if we change, either those people will fall away, disappear, not call you anymore, in which case new people come in, uh, or you can just stay the same and continue hanging out with people who just stay the same. (laughs) But people are the way they are because of all the things they've been through in their life, their programming, their behaviors, their belief systems, and the people who are in your specific reality are a reflection of parts of you, great parts of you, not so great parts of you, parts of you you may not even know are there. And it's all like we're all study buddies and we get to learn about ourselves through each other and our reflections or projections as I like to call them. And yeah, so if you don't like the way people are in your specific realities, um, Jordan Peterson says it really well. Like start asking yourself better questions. What remarkably stupid things am I doing on a regular basis to absolutely screw up my life? And maybe you're hanging out with people who drink lots of alcohol. Maybe you're hanging out with people who do drugs. Maybe you smoke cigarettes. Maybe you drink Coca-Cola for breakfast, like whatever it is. Like maybe you complain all the time or you gossip and there's, that's a whole rabbit hole I could go down in regards to your unconscious mind and programming and what that does. But start asking yourself like every day, how can I be better today? How can I become a better human today? And maybe how can I look for points of reference of what is better? Because if you're hanging out and if you've been hanging out with a certain quality of people for your whole life, maybe you don't even realize that there's a whole different world out there. I know I didn't until I started to go, wait, how can I be better? And then I started meeting new people and seeing new things pop up on my social media and YouTube and all the things. (sighs) Andrew, how are money and self-talk related? Great question. Beautiful question. Love this question. Disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. Do not take anything I say as financial advice specifically. Please speak to your accountant or financial professional. That being said, (laughs) in my experience, when I used to make no money and I never got 
pay rises, even when I worked for one of the biggest companies in the world and I had to fight tooth and nail to get like a little bit of extra money or more shifts or whatever, when I never had enough to even buy half decent food and therefore I got sick and blah, 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 blah. Like when I was living in that state, at a certain point I was like, there's got to be something that I can do because I'm hearing all of these amazing rags to riches stories through doing self-development and learning from people on the internet and through YouTube and all the things. So I was like, if it's possible for them, then it has to be possible for others. Like, but what do they do differently? And so I started asking that question. And from what I've recognized in my own journey and what I see through community, clients, colleagues, you know, people who are doing the same work is it's our beliefs, our behaviors, and our willingness or not to be organized and to appreciate money. So I'll touch a little bit into it. It's a massive arena, a lot of which I teach through my academy and my training programs. Um, you likely have beliefs about money that are blocking money from coming to you. Like all rich people are bad. Money is the root of all evil. You know, having money is a bad thing. Money only leads to whatever, whatever it is, like whatever it is that your parents said or you've heard other people say or you've said because you've only known shitty people and therefore the only people you've known with money were also shitty people. Like there are like the majority of people who have massive amounts of money or even just more amounts of money than you that I know are awesome people. Like there are people who will blow you away with how beautiful they are and how much they care and how much they understand money and how it can allow them to do more for themselves, which means they're able to do more for their children, for their families, for their communities, for the world, for charities, for all the things, right? So um, belief systems are a massive one. Behaviors are the next and behaviors kind of stem from belief systems. Because, you know, the way that we, we're not taught anything about money, even people who go to university to study finance still don't learn it. most things of value about money. And that's things I've heard from people who have studied finance for years and years and years. And we're like, wait, I didn't learn anything that will actually help me make lots of money. Um, so how can you actually start? learning and getting educated on better behaviors with money. And I won't go all the way into that because that's a whole, whole nother arena. But I know that I learned from some beautiful mentors at one point that there's two major parts to it and it's organization and appreciation. So how can you actually love money, appreciate money? I don't know if you've recognized this, but despite all the comings and goings and people who have moved through your life and come and gone and hurt you and loved you. And money's always been there. Maybe it's not been there to the amounts that you've wanted, but it's always been there. It's actually your longest relationship. It's actually the reason you're alive. Your parents wouldn't have been able to have you if they weren't able to eat, which they had to buy food with money because they needed to eat, to procreate, to make you like you're here because of money, whether you like it or not. So could you start actually appreciating it? Could you start having a better relationship with money? And maybe then, like, let's just say, because money is energy and energy attracts the same frequency as itself, maybe money will want to actually come hang out with you more if you actually appreciated it. And then organization, 
the way that people organize their money is just, and this used to be me. I used to have a savings account and a spending account. And I just never looked at it, never wanted to look at it. If I ran out, I'd freak out. It'd always be surprise bills, always problems, never enough money. Like, and now I do things differently and money comes to me from everywhere and it's great and it's fun. And I get to create impact and spend my days creating support for people all around the world who send me beautiful messages. And like, I never would have known that. And one of the biggest pieces that I did was to work on my money and my beliefs and my self-talk. So it's all, it's all connected and you get to learn about that. And there's abundance of ways to do that on the internet these days, as Joe Dispenza says, in the age of information, which we are now in, ignorance is a choice. And so how can you get better knowledge or you can come work with me and the team in the academy because we do all that in there too. It's really fun. Um, Baron, I'd like to hear about breaking through limiting beliefs. And I'd love to hear about the power of addressing the root cause of things that we experience in life. Great question. Massive concept. Um, breaking through limiting beliefs. I'm just like, are they like a wall? And you're like, boom, boom. <laughs> I love, I'm very visual. And so when people use certain language, I'm just like, I just see busting through like a brick wall of limits. Um, we have no limits is my belief. And limiting beliefs, uh, I believe and also what I have trained in and what I coach people through, especially through my breakthrough process that was also the game changer for me, is that all limiting beliefs were installed or imprinted at some stage, usually when we were a child. Um, And this isn't anyone's fault. Everyone's always doing the best they could with the resources and the knowledge and the beliefs they had. Uh, And all of these beliefs usually stem back to a major negative emotion. Um, We learned how to do anger. We learned how to do sadness, fear, guilt, hurt, grief, um, not being good enough, not feeling worthy, even having fear of things like success. You know, we all learned that belief at some stage. And so there's many ways to go back and work out the root cause. And from what I've experienced is you're not a child anymore and you could choose to be limited by the things that happened to you. There were many things that happened to me that, you know, be nice if they didn't. And yet if they didn't happen, I wouldn't be the woman I'm proud to be today. Uh, and you could go back and, and find them and then hate and blame and shame and do that whole thing, which is kind of a thing that happens, unfortunately, in the world. Or you could go, wow, this this hard thing happened to me or someone pushed me over in the playground and that's how I learned to be angry or shameful or whatever. Like you don't even have to know the moment it happened. But if you're aware that you have a belief that you're not worthy or you have a belief that rich people are evil. So why would you ever want to be a rich person if they're evil? Like if you have a belief that success is a bad thing, especially in Australia, the whole tall poppy syndrome doesn't make bloody sense to me. I was talking to someone on was recording a podcast with a friend in America just yesterday. And she was just like, I just cannot believe that's a thing. And I'm like, yep, that's why I want to come hang out in America a bit more in the future because you guys, get me 
because you just actually know that we have no limits um and you guys encourage you to throw a lot more over there and that's fine it's been part of building my stamina is having lots of haters um but you know you can choose to be limited in general it's a choice it's a decision and I know that like bringing on coaches mentors learning the things that I needed to learn and choosing to push myself to the edge of myself in the breakthrough that I went through um, to really own that decision, that was a game changer for me. And I know those who have been through that breakthrough process, whether it's through my programs, through other programs, um, it's a lot of unconscious work. It's, it's behavioral work. It's changing habits. It's changing routines and it's getting really real with yourself. Um, It's great. And it's, you know, it's it's the hard part of self-development that most people avoid doing or don't even know that there is to do because they've suppressed the negativity so far down with all of the self-development stuff of feeling good that they don't even maybe realize it's there and it's there in all of us. And the negative or the other side of it, I like to say, is actually where the power is um, because in all negative installations in our life is also how we learn strength and stamina and resilience and so many incredible things like what motivation can be born out of and um yeah so it's great work and you can do it all sorts of places and if anyone wants to chat more about that it's kind of challenging to get into on a q a but it's it's great great work and i it's my biggest wish for the world that more people get access to it and lean into it and do it. And I definitely will run more group programs where we do those breakthroughs because they were really fun. Samantha, sometimes I can convince myself that I am capable of all the things I dream to be, but it doesn't last long. And the doubt creeps back in. How do you overcome this? So I've experienced, I guess, two sides of this experience because for a really long time, or it was kind of cyclical, like there was seasons of my life where I was the full programming from my dad, who's like entrepreneurial, believes he can do anything, maybe self-sabotages a bit because of his programming that he was passed on with. But like, I would get in that mode and I'd be like, I've got this. I know I can achieve anything. I could do this. I have full trust in myself. Go, 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 go. And then maybe whether it's the tall poppy syndrome, whether it's people doubting me, whether it was partners leaving me or friends casting me out because I was being too loud or too whatever. Um, there was moments where I kind of reverted and was like, oh, wow, am I actually just being weird? Am I being too much? Am I being whatever there was at the time? Um, and so I've kind of, I've recognized for me that there are two parts of me um, in that experience. And there's always a part of me that knows I can create and am capable of anything that I dream of. And I think what has been really helpful is knowing that when I go after something exciting that I know I'm capable of, that I've thought of, so I know I can create it. Um, it's actually knowing 
that there's going to be adversity, knowing that there's going to be a challenge, knowing that there's going to be maybe people who don't like it, knowing that I'm going to face parts of myself and, and unlayer things that I'm going to get to work on. Like when I know that, I actually get to play with it and laugh with it and dance with it. And, and, you know, when the challenges come, it's like, cool, I picked this hard and this hard is at least a lot nicer than, you know, only being able to eat rice and veggies whilst chronically ill working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week for the biggest company in the world and just being depressed and lonely and miserable to this is, is great. And I had to move through many of those kind of fluctuations of making that decision. And I think the biggest thing that has held me in the forward motion um, and sustained that, and like, I still, you know, talk to my coaches and they'll be like, you still have your moments. And um, this is why I pay coaches so that I can essentially just um, have my freak out moments to them and have my moments where that part of me just pulls me going, don't do that. Don't be so bloody weird or different or loud or whatever. Um, I have a space to vent that to and just get it out so that it's out. Cause if it's in there, like there might be actually some value in it. Um, or if there's, you know, people who are giving feedback or doing negative things or saying negative things, like to have, coaches or mentorship or communities or just great, you know, team or a circle of people that I know aren't going to keep me in the problem or, or kind of gossip with me about it or vent with me about it. They're going to go, cool. Well, what are you going to do? Like, what's the solution? What's the first step? Um, And actually get me thinking like they'll let me vent and then be like, cool. Well, what are you going to do about it? Um, And I think that's been, the most powerful thing to overcome it, that and getting laser focused on one thing at a time or maybe one or two things at a time. So I tend to go down the very ADHD. My mind has 10 different potential timelines for my life open. I know I can achieve all of them and also would prefer not to get chronically ill again. Um, and I actually want to achieve all of them. So I go, well, what is flowing right now? What is viable right now? What is probably the better move right now, whether it's financially, physically, um, environmentally. And I do that assessment and go, cool, well, I'm going to get laser focused on this right now. And like I did this at the beginning of the year where there was a lot of demand for more coaching. And so I kind of I had spent months making this whole plan of how the coaching programs were going to be. And there was going to be lots of them and it was going to be different. And I had a team and then the new year hit. And when I was talking with people who wanted to work with me, mostly those people just wanted to work with me privately and which is great. And, you know, that funds a lot of the things. And at the same time, it's like, I can't just do that because it's only like, you know, three or four hours a week of talking to people. And I, I want to do more with my life. Um, And so that's when I was like, great, well, if I'm doing that and if that's what's happening right now and I know that I do still want to do the group breakthroughs and I I want to have those aspects to the coaching business, it's something I'm incredibly passionate about leading people through these breakthroughs that I've been through because it was just game changer. Uh, I also really sat with it and this is where meditation and 
spending a few minutes every single day, even if you only have a few minutes, like meditation, whether it's journaling, taking some deep breaths, deciding what you want to get done today, your intention, but also just paying attention to what comes in and, and what really came through, which was kind of a surprise was go all in on the podcast and write the book. And um, yeah. And so now it's like, great. I get to look at how I can create the structure so that I am making, you know, money and doing my work, which is coaching, which is something that I want to continue doing forever, whilst also now paying attention to this new thing that I know I'm capable of doing, um, that I know will help lots of people. And how can I get really focused on that? And that does mean for me that I focus on that. And I, you know, like I said, I'm not actively dating and I am really being quite rigorous with my health routine and I'm still mapping out a year of fun for me. And that's what I love about teaching people in business and leadership in life, how to have fun and do the, do the things that you want to do that might be hard. Um, you know, I'm mapping out things that I'm really excited about doing this year and going this year and, and creating this year. And at the same time being like, I do have a real main focus and a real main theme, um, that is ecological. So it's great for me. It's great for those I love. It's great for the community, great for the world, um, which is really important for me to do that assessment. So yeah, uh, I hope that helps with that. <laughs> uh, and that was kind of it for the questions that came through um, for me leading up to deciding to do this. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends if you like it. I'm so grateful for the support and the more that you can support this mission, this journey, um, the better conversations we can have, the cooler people we can connect with. Although gotten some pretty awesome people so far and already lined up and I'm excited to see how far we could all take this together. So thank you so much for supporting guys. And I will see you guys on the next conversation and we'll do another Q and a once we hit the next milestone of subscribers. Yay. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you like this, please do us a favor and share it with your friends and maybe even give us a five-star review and be sure to tag us on your socials when you listen so that we can send some love your way. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with myself and the lovely radical team inside the Academy, make sure you head over to our website at www.lovelyradical.net or send me a DM on Instagram for a chat. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.